Well, how is everyone? I'm Sarah Milliken, your tour guide, if you will, into the mystical, mysterious land of the Williamses, who remain in lockdown at their lavish home in Los Angeles. Uh, the clap. By the way, that's something that my mom has had, the clap. Ooh, sounds like we've started. Ida Love, um, you know when the red button is blinking, it means you're being recorded, yes? Well, you gave... I don't know, we're not talking about... You gave me the clap. I mean, my microphone, the clap. I was about to say, I gave you nothing. For those I think, people I think if don't... anyone was giving anything, we know which side of the, the palm water would be flowing. Oh, I think she does. Like I said, you never know what might happen when we're in the company of Robbie and Ida. Bit sweary, so that's your warning if you have got kids with you. There's also some chitter-chatter about the anatomy of a whale coming up, and we're not talking in a Sir David Attenborough educational way. Again, you've been warned. For those that don't know what we're on about, when you're recording something on TV or radio, yeah. you have to clap before you start. And I don't know why. I think it's something so that... It's like a marker. The marker, the Yeah, so they know when they're like, you know, editing stuff. Why, why don't we just go, and now we start? <laughs> well, because you could be saying that in the middle of a sentence about, and now we start to look at food today. You see what I'm saying? They don't, they, it's not clear. Brilliantly segued. Do you like that? Today's episode is about food. Hey, Ida Field, Williams. Yeah. You can't actually ever decide what my name is, so you just say all of them. I like calling you Ida Field. I know. I just wish I hadn't changed my name then. Listen, I fell in love with Ida Field. Okay. That's who I fell in love with. Okay. I don't know this Ida Williams. <laughs> Who's this bitch? Uh, it's like Lizzo. I'm 100% that bitch. Today, the uh, the podcast is about food. I know. I'm, I'm excited because I feel like you and I are incredibly passionate about food, and by that I mean eating it. And so, but I've, I'm really into reading about it. Yeah. I'm really into eating it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm more into eating it than reading it. I, I think we could do an actual podcast series about food. Yeah. We could probably, we could probably do like, like a trilogy or even like a Game of Thrones eight seasons on food. Yeah. Because we are so. Like The Hobbit. Like The Hobbit. (laughs) Because it's what I look like. You know, like uh, the camera adds 10 pounds. Yeah. Well, my mind adds ten pounds on top of that. I think mine adds fifteen. No, what, do you know what my mind does? My mind just goes reverting back to an old filter of of before I had kids when I was really young and taut. I and remember her. You remember her, right? Yeah. And um and so my my filter automatically just compares me to that and then feels underwhelmed by where I'm at now. My filter reminds me uh, of. When I was 18 Mm -hmm. and I was on lots of amphetamines and Mm -hmm. MDMA and I hadn't eaten for a week, Mm -hmm. that that's what I should look like. You looked amazing, I bet, didn't you? Looked phenomenal. (laughs) Fortunately, there was a photographer there to capture that moment. So you know it was real. It wasn't just a fiction of your imagination. I know it exists, but I had to do sort of abusive things to myself to become that. As you get older, you have to do more and more abusive things to yourself to try and reach some, some old lost version of yourself. And I think... By the way, you know, like all these celebrities that you see in these amazing shapes, it's all by complete dysfunction. I mean, there is diet pills being taken, injected, there's starvation, restriction, self hatred, depression. All of these people that you see in films. Oh, and cosmetic surgery. Incredible bodies. They've done things to themselves (laughs) that isn't natural. Shouldn't no. happen. No. And can't be kept up. So no. there's this image of what beauty should be like. Yeah. Which is like humans at their top physical prowess 
by abusing themselves yeah. in certain ways. And that's what we aspire to be. Yeah. yeah. How fucked up is that? It's so fucked up. <laughs> but yet, I'm, I'm, I would still chug a pint of whale sperm if it meant that I would look amazing the next day. Whale sperm? I mean, even if it was still in the whale. <laughs> even if you had to like sort of like foreskin dive if I had to if I were to wear a scuba mask and temporarily into the whale sack. temporarily cut off my oxygen just so I could get to the whale sack so I could drink the pint of whale sperm to look like Elle McPherson when she was 18 that I would I'd, I'd take diving lessons I'd go with the, what's his name the ice man to prepare myself Wim Hof Wim Hof I'd go see him for a bit I mean I'd take it seriously yeah I think that, I wouldn't just go in willy nilly I think if that was a treatment in Los Angeles where they sort of like had the whale rooms the whale rooms oh you, you it would be booked for years. Yeah. It'd be booked. I you, wouldn't. You I actually got, wouldn't got, be able to get in. You got in the whale room? Yeah. How no. the F did you get in the whale room? Who it, do you know? That would be the problem. You know what? That would be the problem because you're not big here. I wouldn't be able to get into the whale room. Yeah. I'd be waiting on the outside so with go, my mask. You'd go in the whale room and Gwyneth Paltrow would be leaving. Yeah, and you'd be like, I fucking knew it. Yeah, yeah. She'd be wiping her mouth and I'd be like, I fucking, fucking knew it. I knew Look that's it. what she was doing. I knew it, Gwyneth. And she knew looks it. amazing, by she the way. She looks amazing. She's... She's definitely, definitely got passed into the whale room. I think um, because you strive for perfection because you're a broken perfectionist. <laughs> broken person. And also perfectionism can never actually be achieved. So you're always going to fall short of the mark. Can I just say how beautiful you look today? Oh, thanks, Boozy. You look very, very attractive. You, you look like the girl that I met. Oh, thank you. It's mother. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. No, wow. It, really? We, you, you know what? You do that thing where you give it and you take it away. It's it's an English thing. It's like a real it's thing. A it was like thing. I was just on the verge of feeling really nice no. about myself. Okay, let and you me, shoved me off the cliff. Let me let me take that away and just okay. tell you, you look oh. absolutely stunning. Oh, thanks, Boozy. You're very cute with your cap and your pigtails. Thank you. And your sort of lounging My lounge pajama wear that I seem to drift from one day into the next with. Yeah. Thank you. Ah, lounge pyjama wear. The stuff of dreams. And always a much better gift for any woman in your life than a corset or what you might consider a sexy bra, in my humble opinion. Robbie and Ida have gone a little off topic. Same old, same old. But there's some cake chat next, so get a slice to hand if you can. You might need it. So food. So food, okay. Uh, what did you eat today? Well, I'm about to eat some food. Well, yesterday... I took down two slices of a vanilla cake. It's a, called a celebration cake. And the reason it's a celebration is because there's so much sugar and butter and just lard in there. You celebrate in your mouth and your stomach when it hits. It should be called your diabetic now cake. Yeah, or, or your fatter than you were yesterday cake. Yeah. So I had two slices of that. And then we also had my, some of my favorite ice cream from Jenny's and two of my favorite flavors. Now, now mind you, I always go for salted caramel. But Jenny's has two flavors called gooey butter cake and a salted caramel peanut butter chocolate chip flavor, which I don't know how you orgasmically legally put all of those things together in ice cream, but they do. And I had two cones full of that ice cream mm -hmm. after the celebration cake. And I actually started doing some weird thing like a crack fiend where Teddy was having some ice cream and I kept going, let mommy have some. Let mommy have some. And she's like, mommy, you need to stop. You've eaten too much. Mm -hmm. Which is just such a dark moment out of your seven-year-old child. And um, and then I segued to popcorn as we watched Bridesmaids. So I'm feeling I'm going to say a little less than this morning. A little puffy. A little bloated. I'm going to wear a big thick sweater even though it's still hot out. 
and loose pants. Well, what shocks me, uh, living such a clean and healthy diet, yeah. which I do and we yeah. do, yeah. is when you choose to dive into the swimming pool the of, um, of food abuse. Yeah, food, ab- food abuse. How like- toxic you feel. Oh, I feel awful. I mean, that's the thing is like the past four days, I've been really good in quarantine about because I know this dark side of myself that like when I eat these things, there's just like a a Loch Ness monster that comes out. So I've been really good because I knew that part of my mental health in this quarantine as we kind of found our rhythm here was was to not not fall into these these mental traps where I where I feel so rubbish and dark and blah, blah, blah. So I've been really good about you know, because I have a gut thing and all sorts of reasons. You know, I have diabetes in my pregnancies. You know, I, I should not be eating sugar. It's just not what I should be eating. And it's really hard for me because I love, love sugar. Um, but I'm also aware about how bad it is. So I've been really trying to navigate that in quarantine and be the cleanest I've been in a really long time. And also, I haven't been drinking alcohol, which is something I enjoy. But because of this pact with my mother... I've not been drinking alcohol. So these past few days, I've been I've noticed a correlation between drinking alcohol, abusing food, and feeling really bad about myself, which is like A, B, and C. Um, but I will say that fuck me, sugar's fun. Yes, uh, sugar is fun. Yeah. Um, I tell you, I I I think I've lost weight in quarantine. I know you're such a bitch. Yeah, but, you have. But that's... but you don't see that you have because I put a video up of you on my Instagram with one of the kids and all you could think about was how fat you looked in the video, which yeah, of course I felt was great shame. I saw it and thought And you look amazing. Fancier it? putting that up when I look as though I'm I'm harboring some sort of uh, buoyancy device around my waist. Yeah, you actually reenacted the buoyancy device for me. You actually walked around with a fake buoyancy device and played out how you think the world sees you. Yeah, that's the uh, dysmorphia for you. Yeah, and then I pointed and laughed. And I don't know, did that, was that okay? You pointed yeah. and shamed and called me a fat fatty from Stoke. Yeah, fat fatty. Oh, no, no, was it Blobby Robbie or fat fatty from Stoke? But that's it, Blobby Or was that Robbie. in my mind? Blobby. So was, it, was it, was Blobby Robbie, no, Blobby Robbie was in my mind. That's what I did call you, fat fatty from Stoke. That's right. But yeah. you, you would have gone with Blobby Robbie given the, the chance. Given the chance, I would have just jumped at that. I've been doing Weight Watchers, WW. I know, you've been doing amazing. You've stayed on track for... Over a year and a half now, I it's would say. It's a year and a half. How long? And yeah. by God, it works. I haven't had to um, do anything detrimental to myself to achieve what I want to achieve, which is incredible. Yeah, it's the most um, joyous I've seen you with food because there's definitely been times in our relationship where you completely abstain from absolutely everything. And at Christmas, you have nothing. And at your birthday, you have nothing. But there hasn't been much joy in that process. And then obviously, days of you know, days lead to weeks to months of food abuse. But I have to say, the whilst you've been on the WW plan, it's the first time where I've actually seen you eat consistently cleaner and still allow yourself to have treats without it going into some dark place. Uh, yeah. Also, I'll clarify, I am being paid to be a WW ambassador. But uh, if it wasn't working, I wouldn't be talking about it right now. Yeah, but it works. I mean, I think what's nice about it is you really enjoy the program and it works for you. Uh, it, it's been the most consistent that I've ever been in my life. I'm I very grateful brought, for it. It's brought moderation to you, which I don't. I don't. And then, think... so what I do is, yeah, I have my daily points. Yeah, like I've just had tuna cups. Yeah, I can smell that. Yeah, and I think they're about three points for all of them, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I don't eat from. 
five o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. until 12 o'clock the next afternoon. Yeah, that's because you also get up at 12. It's that's right. I find disclaimer it, to some it, people. It's some, not like you're getting up at 6 to rear the children and then holding out till noon. You don't yeah. eat till noon because you don't get up till noon. Some people and it's call very it, hard to eat and sleep. Some people call it fasting. I call it sleeping. Well, yeah, because other people like myself get up early in the morning and do things and are awake for those hours and not eating. I, I totally, totally get it. And I respect you. for. <laughs> I respect your parenthood and I will leave you to it by yourself. Yes, I will leave you to do that. And if you can write like a journal or something, let me know how you're getting on while I'm sleeping. Well, I don't know when you'd have time to read it between your your, your well, sleeping if you, windows. If you wrote it from about half past 11 to 12 o'clock, I could just wake up and go, oh, that's nice. You did that this morning. <laughs> Anyway, so um, I eat from 12 o'clock until 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, that's And your... then that's my five hours of eating time. Yeah. Uh, and then I save up my points for my weekend splurge, which is Friday, which is... Which is literally fries on Friday. F-R-I-E day. Yeah. Yeah, so Fried. I have fries on Friday. Yeah. But yesterday, because it was a special occasion... But you get aggressive occasion. with the fries, with the, with the children... Yeah. You won't actually let the children or me touch any of those fries. And I even order extra fries so that, you know, um for the poor over here, we can have a few. But you get like um like a caged animal in Tiger King and you don't want anyone near your your your, your meat that's been thrown oh, out. Well, I think there's a primeval instinct. Is it, do you think it's because you're Irish in the potato famine? Do you think there's some underrooted stuff happening from that? No, babe. I, I think what it is is that it's, um, it's actual primeval because... Mm-hmm. I have to protect you all. <laughs> and if I... From the carbohydrates. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't get my sustenance, how am I going to protect the evil that will uh, come over our castle if I don't have the energy? But so. if the evil were to come over our castle any time before 1230 in the <laughs> afternoon, we'd, we'd have to fend for ourselves anyway. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Also, I almost lost a fucking hand trying to get a French fry from that plate the other day. And... Yeah. Uh, yep. I'm just lucky I came out of it unscathed is all I'm going to say. Teddy was like, Daddy, can I have some fries? And I was like, nope. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, no. Why? <laughs> and I said, well, I get one cheat meal a week. The rest of the week, I am abstinent for uh, most of the food substances on the planet that I'd <laughs> rather be eating. <laughs> and for this one moment that will last 15 minutes in the 24 hours of seven days a week. For this 15 minutes, those fries are mine. By the way, I like that those fries get more intimate time than I do. 15 minutes? Wow. Jealous. A full 15? Sounds a bit much. But frankly, Robbie, you had me at chips. As the Williamses meander their way through all this food chat, they are supposed to be making some food at some point, spoiler, but they're about to muse about restaurants they've been missing while in quarantine. I'm sure it'll be exactly the same as you and me. Nando's, am I right? Do you know what I really miss in quarantine talking about food? I miss actually, and we don't do it a lot, but I do miss going to restaurants. Like, like I really miss, you know, our favorite place to go is Nobu in LA. It's by the beach. It's magical. It's way overpriced, but my God, it's incredible. And it's our favorite kind of date night because it's a bit of a journey to get to and you just hear the waves crashing and the sushi's just phenomenal and you know people are all peacocking and whatnot and I do miss our kind of wanders down there and the you know I I I can't make sushi 
as talented as I am in the kitchen, um, I can't make the sushi and I can't bring us to the waves to have them crashing by our our legs as we enjoy some sort of sashimi. And they say nurses have got it bad. I know. I know. This is very trying. If I never had to go to a restaurant ever again in my life, I'd be happy. See, I think that's why you love quarantine and I, I itch a little bit more than you do because you're a recluse yeah. by nature. You actually could lock yourself up like Dracula for mm-hmm. years and not even notice. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Drink I my d- own urine, eat my own fingernails. Yeah, cool. well, You kind of do both of those things anyway. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I and the kids enjoy going to the restaurant, you know, getting a pizza out. We like to see other people. And I also just like the, yeah, the ritual along with it. Like, you know how, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole adventure involved in going to a restaurant. I find uh, restaurants, uh, in general, like food is purely functional for me. Oh, look at you, Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah, you just fueling, just fueling. No, 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 no. I don't mean that. I'm sort of like, as soon as food is ingested. Yeah, you want to leave. Yeah, I want to leave. I've been, yeah, I was the guy. same as a kid, and I, I haven't changed as a 46-year-old. I think any restaurant we go to is automatically a, like a takeaway, because like we sit down, we eat, and we leave. Yeah, that's what I want to do. You get fidgety if we like stay to, like I don't know, breathe in between the bites or talk. I think Nando sounds right up Robbie Street then. I jest. I miss restaurants. And people. And talking when they're right next to you. I'd happily linger in a restaurant once this is all over. Ah, where were we? I can get anything from the UK in LA that I want. Yeah. Uh, if I was going to miss anything, it would be oatcakes from Stoke-on-Trent. People from Stoke-on-Trent, uh, for all the people that don't know, there's a delicacy mm-hmm. that hails from Stoke-on-Trent called oatcakes. You'll have to check them out. I actually want to take oatcakes international. They're amazing. If anybody's listening to this podcast from Stoke-on-Trent, in particular, High Lane Oatcakes, listen, we need to branch out, make it big in Beverly Hills. It's true. Oatcakes are incredible. But yeah. I have more than my fair share of oatcakes, don't I? So you don't miss any food in the UK? Well, because oatcakes can travel, and they do. Well, you know what I miss in the UK is I love an amazing curry or a di piazza or a gelfrezi or a... You haven't you haven't had an amazing curry. Wait, have I not? No. Where have I not had? I feel like I, I don't, have. I don't know where the line is where the, the south meets the north, and it goes, hey, you know, curries, we're going to make them six and a half out of ten from here on in. Really? I've yeah. had curries in the north. Yes, maybe you have had one decent curry in your life. I feel like I've I've been curried. Only well, on... then then take me take me yonder. Get me a get me a a ten. Yeah, I will. I will get Blow you. Oh my friggin' socks off. I will get you a balti that you will want to leave me for. <laughs> wow. I miss beautiful days in the parks in England and having a Mr. Whippy with a flake in it. That's like my favorite. I even remember when I was pregnant with Teddy and Charlie being in the park. I was always pregnant in the summertime and I had diabetes and I wasn't allowed to have any of those things and get a Mr. Whippy in the park when it was a beautiful day. It was like the gods were telling me I needed to have ice cream. So I would walk around with like 800 almonds and then just like walk off the glucose just to get that Mr. Whippy. And then once the kids were born, I have passed on the love of Mr. Whippy in the park with a flake. So now when we all go to the park, we have to have a Mr. Whippy with a flake. The ice cream of champions. Apart from those ones that used to have a really tough bubble gum at the bottom that had frozen because of the ice cream. Remember them? Anyway, distracted by all this talk of food or even getting hungry. It's a close one. The kids have the healthiest diets. I would say 
healthier than we did growing up, for sure. Absolutely. Well, because we know better. I mean, like, my mum was actually advanced when it comes to dietary stuff in Stoke at the time, but not advanced enough to have it right. <laughs> oh, my mom was not. I, I had McDonald's every day I remember, after school. I remember when brown bread turned up in the house, and I was like, What's what this? the fuck is this? <laughs> and then she told me about fiber, and I was like, fuck fiber, give me white bread. <laughs> The the, the, the the true joke is I'm sure it was really just refined white bread that was like dyed brown. So you probably weren't getting any fiber in it. Yeah, anyway. it was white bread painted. Brown. Yeah, exactly. No, my the mom crayons. just my mom just didn't feed us. We were kind of left like a pack of wolves to fend for ourselves. Didn't you eat like McDonald's every day? Yeah, I had McDonald's every day. Up until I was eighteen, I had it every single day. I'd have a sprite, chicken McNuggets, and fries, and then I'd have an apple pie. And then they changed the fucking formula on the apple pie. It used to be fried, and they made it baked. And I don't know who's looking for a healthy alternative on an apple pie. I mean, if you're going for an apple pie, you don't want a baked one. Mm-hmm. You want a fried one. Mm-hmm. And that's when I kind of checked out of the whole apple you're angry, pie scene. You're angry well, about you know that. what? It was like the bomb diggity when it was fried, and it would like burn your mouth, but you did not care. And then the the flaky baked stuff was just like now you're having a laugh, and you're putting less filling in. It, and I know. Uh, I would suggest that Teddy is a sugar fiend. She's a sugar fiend. It Charlie does, does. Charlie isn't bothered. Charlie's not bothered. It does worry me when I see Teddy in sweets because I kind of like like go forward to like what she's going to be like a teenager, and then her tw- is that what she's going to be like with drink and drugs? Like she loves sweets more than any human, and I love a sweet. She she can keep going. When I left Take That and uh, moved down to London and got myself a flat, I was very skinny. I remember arriving. I had Vivian Westwood bondage trousers. A lot on, of lot of name dropping with uh, Patrick Cox uh, loafers yes. and a Vivian Westwood uh, shirt with a Vivian Westwood tie and a skinhead. I looked incredible. And then I, if I do say so myself, and then which I is the only person rented, saying it right now. I rented a flat. I went to the supermarket mm-hmm. on my first big shop. Uh huh. And brought it all back. And I can remember... I didn't even know you went to a supermarket before. Once. Stoned. Yeah. Uh, which is... It, which you don't go not, to a supermarket yeah, stoned. No. You make bad choices. Lots so I opened the fridge door and there was this whole Mr. Kipling's cake. Like uh, huge Mr. Kipling's cake. And I don't know if you know about Mr. Kipling. I do know about Mr. Kipling. But he bakes exceedingly good cakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, had, I can remember this moment in my mind going, hang on. I don't live with my mum. She can't tell me that I can't eat all that. I can eat all that cake. I'm going to eat all that cake. <laughs> that was January 1st. By February, I was morbidly obese. <laughs> so your big fuck you, mom, really kind of backfired on you, huh? Looked like a farm animal, <laughs> as it was quoted in the press. Still remember it. 1996. Remember it fresh as a daisy. <laughs> Robbie Williams looking like a farm animal. Did so. you? Did you? Did you send Mr. Kipling hate mail for... Mr. Kipling's a bastard. <laughs> yeah, F you, Mr. Kipling. Yeah. How dare you do that to my boozy? So, uh, uh, for the people out there, our kids eat really, eat very really clean. healthily. I think they enjoy going to a restaurant. I think in quarantine, Teddy keeps asking me, when can we go to a restaurant? And so I think she's kind of she's kind of like mommy in that sense. Charlie is very disciplined. I don't know where he gets it with sweets. He can have like, he's that guy who can have three bites of a cake and then just like leave the rest. Like, who's that guy? You know, you've met those people. They're like, eh, I'm not really into dessert. And you always think they're either lying or they're, like, working for some secret government because there's no human that could possibly not really like sweets. But Charlie's that guy. He, I think he'd rather have, like, olives and nuts and then, like, yeah, 
two bites of a cake. And then, but it works for Teddy because Teddy's like a food food hawk. So she kind of hovers around Charlie when he's eating his dessert. What is it with Teddy and her problem with eating food? We have to put on a timer to she's get Teddy. so slow. If it's sweets, she's quick. But anything else, it's like, oh my God, dinner time is like, what it's is like that? an hour. Why is that? An hour of just begging her to eat. And then we have to put the timer on. Yeah. And then she cries. Don't put the timer Don't on. Don't do it. Not the timer. You're like, babes, we've been here for like oh, an hour. An hour. An hour waiting for you to eat it that yam. It was fall and now it's winter. Come on. Eat the fucking yam. It's just a yam. Um, um, yeah, she she's but she's quite dramatic. She's got a flair for the dramatics, our, our Theodora. Mm-hmm. And she also likes to do like performances. She just gets distracted too. Yeah, she'll get up from the table, wander across and go, watch this, mommy, daddy. And then do some ballet. She doesn't know how to edit herself, though. No, she She thinks that three minutes of this performance is the best thing that we've ever witnessed, ever. I'm not going to say she takes after her father, but... But really, we need, like, 40 seconds of brilliance. And we can go, that's incredible, Theodora. Now sit down and eat your food. Now, side note. What is the difference between a yam and a sweet potato? My dinner time might be fraught, too, if there was a lot of yam on the table. Gotta shake things up a bit. Throw in a potato waffle now and then and you'll be laughing. I think I've definitely been struggling in quarantine to cook interesting food for the kids. It's just been a lot of salmon that I've been making. And we've been ordering in and it's gotten kind of bland. But but something I was thinking that would just would be a nice change of pace and also just probably make me piss myself laughing is um, I was thinking it might be nice for the kids to see you cook a meal for us. And I don't think, I think the last time you were in the kitchen was when I was making roasts and I asked you to peel a potato and you sliced your finger. Um, and we haven't, we haven't circled into that territory since that, that dark, dark day. Since the incident. Since the incident, the finger incident, um, the fincident. Um, so I was thinking that I would pick a recipe out for you to cook and you've got to cook it from scratch. I can't cook it from scratch. What do you mean you can't, we can't cook it from scratch? Because to cook anything from scratch, you first have to invent the universe. <laughs> wow. Of wow. all you deep thinkers out there. Wow. Wow. Really? Just, is uh, that is that is that yeah, <laughs> yeah. is that the one you're gonna sail with? Well we'd have to invent vegetables. Okay, well let's let's uh. let's let's bypass a few of those really deep seated thoughts that you've just planted in our brain and just go to I've got some cookbooks here. Oh please not this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I now, don't want to do this. Yeah, I know that's why it's funny. Okay, so I've got two and you can you can Can't choose. it just be like an incredible omelet? No, why come not? on, no, no. Okay, so I've got a Please let me do an omelet. No, no, you're not. I'm, I, I'm doing the cooking, and I'd like you to take over some of the responsibility. And I'm sure you will surprise us with your skill in the kitchen. This could be like a, a gateway to a new passion of yours. I'm not doing any of this vegan nonsense. Okay, well, I've got. Well, By the hold way, on. love the vegan stuff, but I'm, I'm not. Okay, well, I'm going to give you two cooking. options of books. Listen, listen. Both of them say vegan. Negative Nancy, sip because we eat mostly plant based. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. You know, pull out. Oh, the, we do, do we? Yeah, the dead cow recipes. You know, not going to do that. No, thank you. Just let me do an omelet. No, it's easy. I'm not letting you do an omelet or a sandwich. It's not happening. Okay. But I'll do incredible omelets. First of all, you won't, but it's funnier. I want I want a proper meal. Okay, so you've got two cookbooks. Can, can I surprise you with no, my omelets? No, no, you cannot surprise me. First of all, it's been 15 years almost. You've never surprised me with an omelet. So let's keep the suspense going. How about I just make a soup? No. Come on, do, do that one. Do the stuffed aubergines. Stuffed with wa- aubergines with walnut and pomegranate. Yeah. Preparation time, 30 minutes. Cooking time, one hour. 
So it's an hour and a half of your Do you know how much I cost for an hour and a half of my services? (laughs) I realize that obviously this is... And you're getting it for free. (laughs) Well, well, I don't know how much of a gift it is till I taste it, but... um, Three tablespoons of pomegranate syrup. Listen, I didn't write the recipe. Juice of one lemon, a little parsley. You've got to chop the parsley. You've got to do all the things. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll Instacart these ingredients because I think Instacart takes a bit and then you can you can get your little nimble hands busy. Okay. Little, little Chef Boyardee over here. Okay. It's happening. I can't wait to see it and eat it and then eat something else. Oh, there are the kids. <laughs> so, to recap, we join Robbie and Ida in their kitchen in Los Angeles picture the scene. Robbie is now, I think, surrounded by ingredients, which I don't think he went to the supermarket to get. Somebody else probably did. And he's about to follow a recipe involving aubergines. He's not in his comfort zone at all. Now, even though I'd have been perfectly happy with the legendary Robbie omelette, this aubergine dinner prep is surely going to be fun. You have gone a bit rebel forces on me and have refused to do this recipe, which is obviously more than five ingredients, and you are now going to make what? An omelet. Like I- <laughs> You're going to make an omelet. Yeah. Okay, so we've gone from a special spiced eggplant aubergine dish to an omelet. Is it weird that I'm going to have ham but vegan cheese? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a contradiction. It's 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 a bit of a yin-yang y- situation. Can I just say, too, that... You did not prepare all that meat. Well, listen, I found a bunch of ham. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to have that. Well, at the ham market? On the ham desk. On the ham desk. Yeah, we've had a ham desk fitted. Ooh, this should be good, the cracking of the egg. Oh, good luck with that, boo. And the egg has now seen its demise in your hands. That was a, a very aggressive approach to cracking an egg. I'll go with what I know. Let's not try and... Babe, you can't, you can't, babe, you can't put cocaine in eggs. Can I shock you? You can shock. You can put cocaine in eggs. See, you do cook. Oh, no, don't, no, 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 not the raw egg mix fork in the coconut oil. No, no, babe, babe, that can have like salmonella in it. No. Now you can say, darling, and I was there the day he became a chef. The day he became a chef. It's like... It's like a new dawn. I'm done. And there we have it. Well, I never knew there could be quite this much drama in the cooking of an omelette. Wow. (laughs) Just wow. He is not a natural, but I think he should get into cooking more. After 15 years, I've finally seen Rob cook a meal. And it was, uh, I have to say, uh, special. Babe. The a thousand mile journey starts with one step and the omelette is my one step mm-hmm. on my march up the hill to culinary greatness. <laughs> Babe, at that pace, I don't think we're going to get up the hill. Culinary, culinary, culinary greatness, yes. How did you find it? Um, well, my friend Leo Barron, mm-hmm. who makes videos for me on YouTube and mm-hmm. takes pictures of me and puts them up on Instagram, mm-hmm. has been cooking by YouTube. Uh-huh. And he's been very excited about it. And I, in return, have felt very excited about it, too, because uh-huh. I thought, oh, you just press a button on YouTube and it tells you how to do it. Kind of like Food DJ? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, ooh, Food DJ. Food DJ. That market could be, that. Market that. Coin that. 
let's let's copyright that. That's totally. That's ours, everybody. That's ours. We've got it. We've got it. We've copyrighted it. We're very rich. We'll sue you. One, two, three, no take backs. So I thought I'd Google cooking the most amazing omelette. And then I thought it would teach me. I love that on your first step to greatness, it's cooking the greatest omelette. Yeah. Right. Okay. The greatest omelette. Right. Not not starting at an omelette, just the greatest omelette on your one mild step up that hill to culinary greatness. I have to say I'm a bit let down by YouTube and um, it's... By the way, I thought you were going to say I'm a bit let down by you. And <laughs> I it's, was like, ow. It's um, de- depiction of the best ever omelette. It was just an average omelette. I mean, if I'm being honest, that's a, that's a generous description of your omelette. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I don't think, the leap to greatness you were hoping for. No. And also, um, I found some ham on the side. The I ham desk, I believe you referred to. Ham desk. I don't, I was ham-fisted for this omelette. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I don't usually eat meat at all. I know, that was why it was so strange that for somebody who doesn't really eat meat that you just... Yeah, but if, but if it's in the house, I'm going to eat it. Just like chocolate or crisps. If it's there, it's going in my belly. Um, so I sprinkled some ham in because goddamn I fancied it, and <laughs> and that's what I'm about. It's like if I fancy it, I'll have it. But um, a ham fancy, ham fancy. Yeah, <laughs> let's coin that too. Coin that. We've got, we've got to take rich. We'll see you. It's ours. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so By the way, we, we sound like the biggest assholes right now. <laughs> 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 yeah, sorry, we're not real uh, assholes. Asshole alert. Asshole alert. So I, I threw a bit of ham in there. Yeah. And then I threw a bit of onion in there. Mm-hmm. And yes, then, you did, because I smelled it the rest and then, of the day. And then, just because... By the way, and not just from one end. I'm contrary. Uh-huh. I'm a contrarian. <laughs> yeah. I put some vegan cheese on it. Yeah, you did. That was my favorite actual little detail, was after all the ham and egg that you had plonked into your omelette that you chose vegan cheese. Yeah. <laughs> an omelette's an omelette, regardless of the vegan cheese. Oh, good name drop headed your way. I once told Dan and Deck that I was vegan now, and they looked at me like I said that I I, I live on Mars. Yeah. I think they might be choosing to do plant-based too, but they're so northern. They can't, they can't. And I was like, I'm vegan now, and I I can just remember the look on their faces that was just like, I I told them that I was now living in an ashram and I'd given up all my worldly possessions. Yeah. Okay, originality of the dish out of five. Zero. Hold on. There was, there was no originality. It was a it was a ham and cheese omelet. It was ham with vegan cheese. But it wasn't original. I don't think that's and ever been done on the planet. And you were just copying a YouTube video. Hold on. Ham, I'll say it again, and vegan cheese. Okay. Uh, negative one? <sighs> Listen, just, just for, for... Okay, for the folly of it, I'll give you a one. Thank you. Okay. Skill in the <laughs> definitely, kitchen. Definitely, definitely, zero is being nice. Can I just say? I'm, I'm, I, this, if this is like Dancing with the Stars, you're going to be upset at the total number thing. Can I just say? But I'm going to store some points in for just effort. Having you watch over me all the way through this process, I've got to say, I've given myself a pat on the back because you were just like baying an expectant laughter bear, a shame bear. It wasn't more, it wasn't really yeah, a shame yeah, bear. I did it this, was a laughter bear. I did this. Well, it's just because you couldn't find anything. I cooked anything. this whole thing and it was like doing a drive-in test. 
which, which also is why I done. you're not on the road. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But can I just say, I'm proud of myself that I could just feel the shame glare generating so from not the a back shame of glare. your it skull. Was, no, it was an amusement bear. It was an amusement glare. Well, it felt like shame. It was. There was no shame in that then game. Then that's my truth. Okay. Okay, skill in the kitchen. <laughs> okay, I, I can't. Now that you've made me, I, I can't. I'm mean, no comment. You've got to give me a thing. But it's again, it's I can't look at you with those puppy dog eyes. One, I'll give you one. Okay, I'll give you one. But that's honestly because I love you and I'm your wife. Okay, uh, presentation. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh God. Uh, what do you think it looked like? <laughs> I'm just gonna throw this back to you. Do you know what? I always, I always thought that omelets had milk in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you put milk in an omelet, it becomes scrambled eggs, right? Not necessarily. Well, it should have had some vegan milk in it. I'll ask you, would you say it was a more of a scrambled egg dish than an omelet dish, just on reflection? No, it was it was a broken omelet. A broken omelet that looked like scrambled eggs. That broke that because broke. of shame. Because of the shame glare. Yeah. In fact, I don't even think it looked like scrambled le- eggs. It looked like shattered eggs. Well, you've got scrambled legs. <laughs> okay. Taste. Taste. Well, you you snapped my hand away like the seagull. You were you were like I was like there, and you're like Bah-gah! and you just slapped my hand. I gotta say, you didn't let me taste. I give myself two out of five for the taste, <laughs> and I, I and I think that while I was eating it, I was like, yeah, got to work on this. Yeah, but you know what? I like that. That's that's the most vulnerable, honest part of your answer is that it was you did it, you tried it, and there was room for improvement, which means you should try it again. I bet on your second pass, you'd do much better. Oh. I absolutely would. So um, you have given me, uh, out of the four things that I've asked you to mm-hmm. rate, I've given myself the highest mark correct. with correct. the two. So correct. out of four things, out of a possible you know 20 what? points, I think I've amassed four points. Well, I, four, yeah, four or three. Yeah, but so. you know what? You didn't ask me the most important one, which was how much fun it was to watch you cook. Oh, how much fun was it, it to was watch It was a me? 10. It was a 10. See, I, I made up for all the points on that one. Aww. Watching you was fun on so many different levels. Hey, yeah. do you think that I will be, uh, <laughs> will will I be ever on MasterChef? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, let me continue that. Ask me that question again, I'm going to answer it. <clears throat> Hello, Ida. Hello, Robert. Uh, have I started the path to greatness and will the end of that path lead to Robbie Williams on MasterChef? It's looking very likely. Thank you. <laughs> and that's what we call a white lie. And an insight into how the marriage of Ida and Robbie works so well. I, for one, am unlikely to be making a ham and vegan cheese omelette anytime soon, but you do you, Robbie. I am, of course, in need of a snack now. So until next time, thank you for sticking with us once more, staying at home with the Williamses. Who knows what will happen next time? Frankly, your guess is as good as mine. Ida, the people need to know about your podcast, Postcards from the Edge. Tell them what it's about and how people can find it. Sure, Robbie Williams. Postcards from the Edge is all about me, an American girl, chatting to my British friends about our differences. Most weeks I'll be joined by my mum, Gwen, and sometimes you pop up. But for the most part, it's me learning about naked attraction, 
and how to say sorry all the time with the likes of David Walliams, Alan Carr, Judge Rinder, Ollie Murs, and loads more amazing guests. So please check it out and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Podcasts.